You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It is Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. At Lockdown Hornets, you can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail. Still give that man a follow. I know he's leaving us. I know it's tough, but you still need to follow him. At Nada the Scribe. A couple more days where he's going to be a daily part of the podcast, and we'll see what happens from there. But just enjoy all of the fantastic Charlotte Hornets analysis from one Nada the Scribe on Twitter and Nada Edwards, number one in your heart. All right, let's talk about uh, Gordon Hayward spoke in shoot around earlier today. Actually, just got off that zoom call with him so we can get a couple of the uh, sound clips we'll be putting in from him talking about how his endurance is holding up after his battle from covid as well as what that team learned from the loss against the boston celtics zach lowe talked about the charlotte hornets because they're national storyline baby zach lowe talking about them a lot in the most recent episode of the low post podcast spoke about them with tim bontemps also part of espn so we'll get to some of that analysis and we'll discuss their game tonight against the Orlando Magic only one in three did get the one win the second time mm-hmm. around they played the New York Knicks every other game it's kind of been a blowout as you would expect year one in a, in a rebuild a lot of young dudes a couple rookies playing a lot of minutes for Charlotte a couple second year players as well um, so we'll see if if uh, if Charlotte can make it four and one this uh, evening they should be able to against a team like that we'll get to all of that today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Let's get to these uh, Gordon Hayward sound bites, though. First, Nada. Coming off of the 3-1 and one start, they start 3-0, and oh, best start in franchise history, and then they make it 3-1 uh, and one after the overtime loss to the Boston Celtics, where we broke that down yesterday. The defensive lapses, you mentioned how they came up empty-handed a lot on the offensive side. Here's what Gordon Hayward had to say about what they can learn from that loss to Boston. We learned uh, we got to be better, obviously, on the offensive end as far as getting good looks, um, you know, not turning it over. I think they did a good job forcing us into some tough shots with their switching and the way that they played um, kind of sped us up a little bit. But um, and then I think defensively, we, we kind of dropped the ball a little bit. But they, like I said, they have good players, too. So um, something we can for sure learn from and, and get better from. So not a ton that we're taking away from his comments on the defensive side of his quote unquote analysis, really basic, just saying that they broke down a couple times defensively. We already did that yesterday, but offensively gave you a little something to work with. He said Boston's players, they're switching, really forced them to take some tough shots. They have to work at getting better looks on the offensive end in crunch time. And he also said that the Celtics defense sped them up a little bit. And not of that goes into the James Herbert article that he wrote for CBS about the Charlotte Hornets and how they've gotten off to a three and one start and James Borrego's philosophy of wanting to dictate the pace of play, wanting to make sure that teams react to them. Now, a lot of that is coach speak. We hear it every year from every single coach. They all want to play fast. Hornets are doing it, though. They're actually doing it this time. Like this is one. We're one of the few teams that can really stick by this philosophy because of the personnel, the players that they have. They've been doing it so far to their three and one start. I think this is going to be something that continues. What do you make of Gordon Hayward's analysis on what they can learn from offensively and how this team can get better and even just kind of remain such a good team on that end of the floor as the season goes on to maintain their pace? 
it's one of those things that, as you brought up, their pace, them being able to force turnovers and go to the other end of the floor is going to be what helps dictate the offense. And they're going to be a team that, will, as we'll continue talking about in this episode, is going to be really, really tough to defend running up and down and up and down. And and veterans are not going to want to play against this team. Veterans are, hate playing against guys that will continually run up and down. So you're going to take everybody's worst tendencies and you're going to use that as an exploit. It's really, really cool as as a thought to uh, in a thought process to do that, especially since it can somewhat help you in not having a fully formed half court offense or if the half court offense is really just give it to Gordon and let him figure it out or give it to LaMelo and let him figure it out. It's like one of those two things. So being able to dictate the pace, being able to create turnovers in transition and scoring a lot of transition buckets is going to have to be the formula for this team to succeed and thrive. And I don't disagree. And it's what it's just I just wonder about what the more experienced teams are going to do, because if they can't dictate the pace, like say the Knicks, they're not going to be able to dictate the pace against someone like that. What do you do? What is the counterpunch? And that's the thing I think Hornets fans should really look out for is what is the counterpunch going to be going forward for that? Because if they do have developed that counterpunch, it's going to be pretty awesome to see because then they can deal. Then I feel like, okay, cool. We can start really, really talking about believing in, in some sort of offense once they get to the playoff play in, if not the playoffs altogether. Yeah, and I think dictating the pace, of course, is important for any team. If you want to slow it down, then you got to be good at it. And the Hornets, they want to speed teams up. And it's funny because, you know, Gordon Hayward, I think when he says we got sped up, it was into shots that they were getting baited into, right? It was kind of more mentally thinking about things. Oh, God, we've got maybe a sliver of space to hoist this thing up, so we're going to do it. And there was a batch shot by Kelly Oubre at the beginning of the end, if you will, against the Boston Celtics. But I think the half court personnel that you have, you brought up Gordon Hayward, not it's exactly why he's so important to this basketball team. He makes the team that much better. He's the guy to help you out in ISO situations. He might be, as Zach Lowe said, right? He might take the 20-foot jumper more often than getting to the basket. And he actually might have, you know, struggled finishing at the rim as his career has gone on because he's not as explosive, certainly after that injury. But Gordon's still very good half-court player, very good player just in general. And I think Ish Smith is helping a lot with that. You know, he's somebody that one will help with the pace, likes playing at that fast speed, but also can break down guys off of the dribble. And then you have those dudes cutting baseline like you've seen from a Kelly Oubre, like you've seen from a Cody Martin who's benefited from that when he did play in the game. I think that is something that will really help the Charlotte Hornets squad. So all of that's great. One other thing Gordon Hayward had to say, just discussing how he's coming back from his battle from COVID, his endurance, how all of that is taking shape. And remember, Gordon Hayward, a guy seemed pretty gassed at the end of this game against Boston and wasn't as involved. That was one of the storylines. Here's Gordon himself talking about how he's feeling four games in uh, after battling COVID in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to build myself back up. Um, you know, definitely a little tired, but I think that's kind of uh, part for the course with, with COVID and stuff. So still trying to, um, you know, build all the endurance and stamina, the cardio back up. 
you know, you don't want anybody to get COVID. Now, just to clear this up, right? He's fully vaccinated. He still got it, had a breakthrough case. But Gordon Hayward getting COVID, he said he was kind of down for the count a little bit. And we know that COVID is going to put you, um, you know, going to put you up for a little for a little bit, right? You're going to be fatigued. And this is somebody that is an older player on the Hornets team. This is the fifth youngest roster in all of the NBA. And he's somebody that's 31 years old. And also, Nada, you look at him coming off of COVID, 35 minutes against Indiana, 35 against Cleveland, 33 against Brooklyn, 38 against Boston. That tells me a couple things. One, I bet Gordon Hayward is gassed. You know, I honestly, I'm I'm thankful that he performed so well in the second half and specifically in the fourth quarter against Indiana. And James Brago even said after their loss to Boston that he seemed uh, he felt like they were gassed. But, you know, yeah, I mean, Gordon in, in against the Celtics uh, I, I'm sure he was tired. And also I, it, it tells me that James Brago yeah. knows how important Gordon Hayward is out there on the floor to maximize this team ceiling. And it's why people were saying they wish he would have been more aggressive and that he would have yeah, gotten absolutely. more shots like, at the end of that game. Gordon Hayward to basically average a little bit over 33 minutes a game in the first four games and directly four games after COVID is one of those things that is truly impressive. It, it really is. It, I don't, I don't think you can say enough about it, especially when he's actively making plays to win you games. At the same point, this is one of those times where you wish that he could take a break, and this is also one of those times where you miss a guy like Terry Rozier, who clearly has not been himself to start the year, and you hope that next time that we see him, he's truly himself. Who knows when that may be? At the same time, like Gordon Hayward for right now is the fourth quarter ver- he's the wing version of Big Al and by that I mean this when you talk about a guy that you can go to give the ball to in the fourth quarter Gordon's going to get to his spots most likely so if Gordon's going to get that bo- that bar uh get the ball in the elbow he's going to make his move and get his either his turnaround fade or he's going to do something to get to the bucket or he's going to find a cutter to distribute the ball to but the ball goes through goes through Gordon like it did Big Al back in the day. And if you look at it like that, that's the best way to see how important and how just impactful Gordon Hayward can be on the offense for the Charlotte Hornets. And it's why, like, his health is paramount. It's why you kind of hope they have time to load manage him this year to make sure that he makes it all the way through the season because he's going to be the reason this team take his health him playing 50 60 lord willing even 70 games this year he plays 70 games this team is a playoff team and that if that's going to be the standard then you need 60 70 games from gordon Hayward. Uh, yeah no year. doubt and if he plays that many games and we know he's going to sweat a lot and you know you're going to need something to combat that and nada why don't you tell the people <laughs> about how great sweat block is and you know what? There are very few things that are very, very uncomfortable to talk about. Myself sweating is one thing. Talking about another man sweating yeah. like Gordon Hayward's is a definitely an uncomfortable thing always. But you know what? We've been talking about sweat block for at least the last couple of months. And every so often I get something in the DM to tell me how much y'all appreciate this product. Like take this high school teacher that we've had. Again, I've talked about him before, but he sweat himself out by fourth period he'd hear the snickers from the students he'd so we started bringing an extra shirt and then he heard about sweat block on the podcast and he tried it he's hooked 
And you know what? He doesn't go without it because they have products that will take care of everything. And I do mean everything. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, stops excessive sweat for up to seven days per use, and it's got a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block does not keep you dry, you get your money back. So if you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, tell them to check out sweat block. Get it for get it today for twenty percent off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or at CVS. Try it. Trust me, it will change the way you look at sweat and not in a in bad way. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets game tonight against the Orlando Magic, as well as what Zach Lowe had to say about the Hornets on his podcast, The Low Post. That's coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Nada, you asked me about why I don't have the sneakers app and asked if it's that I'm too good to have the sneakers app. And no, here's the thing. <laughs> I, you guys are addicted to this drug that brings more yes. pain yes. than it brings joy. And I th- that that feeling that you guys get when you are able to attain a pair of sneakers, it keeps bringing you in. And I don't want to be addicted to that drug. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We've told you a million times by now, you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors and they continue to add to all of the staples that they have with the limited time flavors that they release. The blueberry muffin is my favorite, but that's not because that pumpkin churro isn't very good. It's just that blueberry muffin is something that I go to for breakfast time. At least I did for three days until I ate all of the five, six bars that came with it. I need to re-up, but even if they don't have the blueberry muffin, they've got so many other good flavors as well. Double chocolate, salted caramel. We can go to the fruit, strawberry, orange. It's great for you too. 18 grams or 17 grams of protein in some of these bars, as low as 130 calories in some of these bars as well. But it is high in fiber um, and it is low in sugar as well. So go to builtbar.com, use promo code uh, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Let's talk about this magic game tonight, Nada. They come in one and three on the season. Not a very good start to the year for Orlando, and it's not like anybody expected them to have a good start to the year. Playing a lot of young dudes. Remember, this was a team that actually had another first-round pick because of their trade, Nikola Vucevic going to Chicago, and with the two picks that they had in the first round, they have Jalen Suggs fall to them. Many people thought he would be the fourth pick going to the Toronto Raptors, but instead the Raptors go with Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. So Jalen Suggs, point guard extraordinaire for Gonzaga, falls to Orlando. He's playing for him. They also get Franz Wagner, who I think everybody liked a lot as a prospect. Yeah. And it was just about the kind of ceiling that he has that might not put him, you know, as your number one overall pick. Number two, I don't know if there were many people that flat out disliked him and he's playing pretty well to start the season. All that to say, though, that they're still one and three. They beat the New York Knicks 110 to 104 in uh, their second to last game. They played them on Sunday. They lost to Miami, their most recent outing on Monday, 107 to 90. They got beat the first game of the season, 123 to 97. They lost their second game of the season to New York, 121 to 96. The losses, they've been basically blowouts. This is a team that the Charlotte Hornets should beat, especially when you need to take care of these types of opportunities if you want to become a outright playoff team, not and I think you agree. At this point, Walker, 
I'm not going to call this a must win. You shamed me out of mm-hmm. saying this is a must win in pre-show. <laughs> so I'm not going to say must win. But this is one that you have to win. If you're going to call yourself a playoff team, you have to win this game. So so I, I want to get this straight real quickly. You're, you're saying that it's not a must win, but it's a have to win. Yeah, you have to. You can't like, okay. how many, think about it like this. How many bad playoff teams, how many playoff teams are going to lose bad games like these? Especially when the margin as we, as Hornets fans, and I will continue to repeat, the margin is so slim. You can't afford to lose these games. Like this, again, this is wins overdraft. Like you're overdrafting into the playoff bank account if you lose this game. And you're, and you're overdrafting for a bag of sweet uh, sour cream and onion potato chips that only cost 99 cents. That's what I'm saying a loss to the I actually agree with you. I'm not calling this a must win, but I agree with your overall uh, overall philosophy that these are the types of games that the Hornets have to win if they're going to make the postseason. To me, I don't here we are getting into the semantics of what must win means, man. We're now going full on sports radio. Yes, that that part is taking over me like Venom on Spider-Man. But what I will say is must win to me means if you don't win the next game, then there's really no coming back from it after that. And that's not the case here. The fifth game of the year for Charlotte. That's not the case. Fair. But I agree with your overall philosophy that the Hornets need to beat teams like the Orlando Magic. They need to beat teams like even the Sacramento Kings on the other side. You know, some of the worst teams in the NBA, the Detroit Pistons for sure, which they haven't had any problem with, knock on wood, over the last few years. But it's it continues to, it needs to continue to happen. So to your point, this is something they should take care of tonight. Now, I also talked about the Hornets actually have the added benefit of, I think, being older than the Magic, Slightly. despite the Hornets being the fifth youngest. Yeah. Um, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, I talked about already. Cole Anthony. Anthony is just in his second year as an NBA player. Mo Bamba, actually one of the longer tenured players on the team right now. It certainly seems like he's uh, only playing, I believe, in his fourth season. And not a, this has always been a guy that Hornets fans have been attracted to. You know, Miles Turner, He, I think he's always been the prize, yes. you know, the most consistent prize. One, because the Pacers just constantly have him in, in trade rumors. The other, because he fits a need where the Hornets would love to have a guy like Miles Turner on this roster. The only topic is, what are you willing to give up? for him. But Mo Bamba has always been that reclamation project where Steve Clifford just refused to play him, didn't want to do it. But now Bamba's a part of their rotation. He hadn't played anything less than 27 minutes in any of the games that he's played. He's actually played pretty well, shooting 53% from the field, which, okay, great. He's a big guy, seven footer. Of course you want him to shoot probably even better than that. And that's true. But he's also taking close to five attempts from the perimeter per game and not he's hitting 40% of them. You know, so he goes three of four, three of five in the first two games of the season. Now, oh, of uh, he's gone one of nine the last two games, but he's still shooting 40% if you tally all of that up together. And also, when you look at the low post podcast, what they were talking about was how many threes per game they're giving up. This is no different than what we saw last year. We saw teams set records consistently against the Charlotte Hornets when it came to made threes. And you're seeing center like I go back to that game against Indiana. Mason Plumlee (laughs) refused to get in the same atmosphere in the same stratosphere as where Sabonis was on the court. And Sabonis had wide open looks. And I think he went four of six from the perimeter. Well, Bamba, I think Bamba counts as a threat. 
he counts as a throw. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. Absolutely he does. These stretch fives are going to wear out the Hornets if they can hit at a consistent rate because we're just refusing to go out there. Hell, anybody that can shoot threes is going to hurt the Hornets. But if you want like a little bold, I don't even know how bold this is, but if you want just a prediction for tonight, I'll say Mo Bamba takes at least six three-pointers, a season high on the young year, and we'll see how many he can make. At this point, I don't disagree with you on that. But also, this is one of those times where we emphasize the Hornets need P.J. tonight. They need a good defensive game from P.J. Because if we know that there's going to be a lot of drop coverage on these pick and rolls that'll leave Mo Bamba to fire away, then you're just going to have to be able to, re- def- again, going to be able to have to be able to defend well. You're going to have to be able to rebound well. And we saw some slippage in the last again in boston who knows whether that was partially because of a back-to-back or partially because of just fatigue overall like but that's one thing that we're gonna have to keep an eye out for tonight because i truly believe that if the defense and rebounding ain't there they're not winning this game even against this team that they have to win because quite honestly the other part of this that i I completely just reminded myself of Robin Lopez is also on this team, by the way, guys. And he's done damage against this team that's right. <laughs> on the boards traditionally. That That's going to have to be a focus tonight is just can they rebound? Can they defend well enough? And can they stop old friend Terrence Ross, who's notorious for torching this team as well? Like, I'm, I went from have to win this game to now, like the more and more I talk about it, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm worried. Well, of course you are. You've talked yourself into being pessimistic about yes, it, and that does not surprise me in the least. Um, but this is a team. It doesn't surprise me. No, no, it doesn't. Um, yeah, this is kind of a team. You mentioned it. There are some comparisons maybe to make from the Charlotte Hornets just a couple of years ago. You know, like the, it, and they're even taking some reclamation projects on. You know, they brought in a Wendell Carter who just never got it going with the Chicago Bulls. That was an OG, not a boy. I know you loved him in the NBA draft mm-hmm. process, and I think that was well worth the risk, you know, put, throwing a Carter in there if you're going to trade a Vucevic, um, but Bamba second leading scorer on this team right now at 13 and a half. Cole Anthony had the big 29 point performance, I believe scored 15.3 points per game so far. So we'll see what the Hornets can do. It's such a young Orlando Magic team tonight, 7 p.m. tip off on the road. We'll give you one more segment. We'll talk about what Zach Lowe and national pundits are discussing about the Charlotte Hornets squad that's coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. We said it Monday. They lost to the Pips. They didn't lose to Gladys Knight. They lost to the Pips. They lost to the backup band. They lost to Steve. Now, granted, depending on the backup band, that this is still a impressive backup band. If it's like Stevie Wonder's backup band, then yeah, it's awesome. But if it's like say. <laughs> Kings, of, Kings of Leon backup band, totally different. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. not I got a chance to listen to Zach Lowe and Tim Bontemps who is also part of ESPN he talked about the Charlotte Hornets and what they've done so far I took some notes for us to talk about we've already discussed allowing it a ton of threes right they they don't want to allow people at the rim because they're small sort of they're trying to pack the paint and that's going to leave them susceptible to other teams shooting from the perimeter so this is something we're just going to see again now I know you mentioned PJ Washington he's already out for tonight so he's not playing he's listed as out 
Terry Rozier is doubtful, so don't assume that you're going to see him. Um, they're going to go with Mason Plumley again, more so at the at the center spot, and we'll see how many minutes Nick Richards gets. Uh, you know, he got he got some time against Boston and did better than he did in the preseason. So hopefully, he can do that once more. Um, but man, you know, I, I think what this team is doing is playing extremely well offensively. We've talked about how fast they are. And I saw Panthers mafia pre Malone talk to you about this too. You know, it, it Zach Lowe and Tim, they were discussing how veteran teams are just going to hate playing the Charlotte Hornets because all they do is run. They're going to throw a ton of lobs. Lamelo ball is all over the place, right? Like he's, you know, it, it, he's, he's the guy I mentioned before, like despite them being down five with, you know, three seconds left, he's still going to play it out and throw a half court heave just to make sure that they, they maybe, maybe have a shot to win. Um, and, and there was a front office exec member talking to Zach Lowe about how the veterans are going to hate playing this Hornets team. And you can steal a couple of wins like that, especially yes. when you look at what they've already done against Brooklyn, a, a pretty veteran laden team and the Charlotte Hornets, they were able to get one on the road against a team. You certainly didn't expect them to win. Yeah, no, that is, that is one big thing is that they're just going to, like the fight in this team, the Indiana game obviously is the big highlight of that. But also, you got to look at the last couple of the other two games that they've won. Cleveland, they were down. Brooklyn, they were down and didn't let up. So it's one. Of, it's a mentality that this team will continue to have in terms of whether or not to keep fighting. So it, it's a really interesting thing. I kind of worry about Nick Richards against Robin Lopez. I'm not going to lie to you. That worries me, especially knowing no PJ, no Terry. At this point, I just I, I worry about this defense and rebounding and what it's going to look like. Maybe, just maybe, there again, you need another big McDaniels game. You're going to need a lot of this for – and I – I really wish I did. I really wish I looked at the PJ thing was out thing because I would have really changed everything from. Yeah, yeah I'm panicking. Now. <laughs> we, have, we have we have we have gone I'm the panicking. complete. I'm panicking. We, we have gone the complete opposite direction for you where this is a team. It, it, you, you thought about calling it a must win because it was so not easy, but you favor the Hornets in this game to the point where you're panicking and maybe saying it's a have to. But now it's like, oh, man, they're going to lose. You're going to be blowout territory by the time we finish this. You, you do, I mean, I think you're on the road of saying the Hornets are going to lose by 20. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to go that crazy. But mm, I don't know. This, this like went from okay. I can get some notes. I can take some notes and everything, and this this will be an easy game eval. To oh boy, I may have to really pay attention because there may be some warts that show up tonight. Like that's a that's what I'm saying. That's the thing that <laughs> and the ability for them to run and and basically force turnovers. Like this team is going to have to force a lot of turnovers against a team that is younger than them and hopefully not as basketball savvy. So there's a lot of this. I don't know. There are a lot of variables to this that I just do not like right now. And, and um, Robin Lopez has only played. He hadn't played many minutes, 13, 13, 15 and 11 through the first four. Now, maybe he could play more tonight as they try to exploit how small the Hornets are. PJ Washington is not going to give it a go. So the Hornets are going to be kind of forced to go to more size. I mean, maybe if you wanted to go with the lineup that included, you know, a Miles Bridges, a Jalen McDaniels, a Gordon Hayward all out there on the floor at the same time and not put Nick Richards or Mason Plumley, that would be intriguing to me. But um, just to 
go small again and you know you have some size out there on the wings and the perimeters to help you out Kelly Oubre maybe there as well um, and you know how tall Lamelo is at the one but I think they're still going to go with Mason because we know how Borrego is operated and we've seen him go to Nick Richards now without PJ Washington Nick like if, if you were going to Nick Richards when you did against Boston then there is no reason why Borrego has gotten talked off of that because of how he played against the Celtics. He did play better than what he was showing in the preseason. It doesn't mean that I have a ton of faith. It just means that he did play better. And I don't think there's a reason Brego has gotten talked off of that. Now, PJ at center. I mean, they've been killing people with that lineup and Zach Lowe made a point to mention that in his podcast as well. It's a lethal thing. And it's, it's why I've loved that specific unit going out there on the floor when they play PJ at the five and the fact that he's not going to be out there, it's going to hurt this team just because that's when this team does look its best. So you're right. When PJ doesn't play, it really does hurt this. I would, I do want to talk to you about one thing they were discussing and it's Tim Bontemps who brought it up. So they're watching the Hornets. They love how fun they are. Everybody's talking about how exhilarating, how exciting, and that's great. I'm all here for that. But then Tim Bontemps says something at the end, and I don't know if I hate it or if I'm like, Uh, hell yeah, we finally got the break on this. Tim said that I can't help but watch LaMelo do all of this with the Hornets and think what could have been in Golden State playing with Steph Curry. And then Zach Lowe responds and says, oh, a stake in the heart of one Golden State fans like for me, I can't decide Nada, if I love the fact that we are the ones that got the break. Finally, that Charlotte Hornets fans, we got the most talented player and they're stuck with James Wiseman, or I can't decide if I hate it and saying, man, just give us our love. We don't have to constantly wish for LaMelo to come out of Charlotte and play for Golden State and us continue to be mediocre with no hope on the horizon. Where do you fall on that side of the coin? Because I can't choose. I am not surprised a national outlet, a national podcast by national outlet, chose to view it national the way the national outlet would make a whole lot more money, and that would be with LaMelo Ball on the Golden State Warriors instead of the Charlotte Hornets. That's the problem with the way the coverage goes sometimes is that it focuses too much on what's great for national instead of focusing on what's great for the small and mid-market teams as well. I am one of those that feels like small markets can have, we can have discussions, we can market around small markets. Oklahoma City is right there and explains everything for you perfectly if you choose to want to listen. I like I hate this discussion period because it's one of those things like we can talk about the team that he's actually on instead of wish casting him elsewhere. He's going to be here for at least the next four to five years. Let's enjoy that. And then if he chooses to go to another market, cool. But I do kind of side on the side where I hate it because it's like let the little guy have something. And I'm not and you know me, Walker. I'm not one of those people that's like, Oh, we're this big, small market underdog, yada, yada, yada. I don't feed into the insecurity complex, but at the same time, like this is one of those, like we can wish cast later. This is about the regular season. This is about the Hornets. We can talk about this some other time. Yeah, I feel like I don't like it either. Like, hey, just let us have LaMelo 
you know, at least th- there is some solace though. And like, Hey, you know, good for us. We've got them. And then I guess Tim Bontemps did say at the end, it's like, well, you know, at least, you know, we do get this fun team where Charlotte has put a lot of athletic pieces around a LaMelo ball. And so he did give in a little, I don't want to put Tim on blast because it's certainly not just him that said this before. A lot of people have talked about, man, just imagine if golden state would have selected LaMelo. And that certainly is a, it, it really is to, to give it some credit. It really is a big time. What if in the past couple of seasons, like we are going to be five years from now, LaMelo is going to be a multi-time all-star and the sliding doors question that Bill Simmons always comes up with the, the big, what if questions that you have a huge one is going to be, what if LaMelo was drafted by golden state? You know, and I'm just going to be laughing. I'm going to be fine. Hey, no, we're good. Like Charlotte is going to be reaping the benefits of all of that. But it is it is an interesting conversation to have about what could have happened with him playing with Steph, Clay Thompson coming back. We'll see how that team looks. And by the way, they're four and zero to start this year. So you know, it, it is an interesting convo. But uh, they're doing oh yeah, just they're doing fine, just right? fine. So let us have Lamelo and reap all the benefits of him just being an absolute stud and joy to watch. All right, that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. We will be back with you tomorrow.